This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The Law School of America. Estoppel is a judicial device in common law legal systems whereby a court may prevent or estop a person from making assertions or from going back on his or her word, the person being sanctioned is estopped. Estoppel may prevent someone from bringing a particular claim. Legal doctrines of estoppel are based in both common law and equity. It is also a concept in international law. Types of estoppel There are many different types of estoppel which can arise, but the common thread between them is that a person is restrained from asserting a particular position in law where it would be inequitable to do so. By way of illustration, if a landlord promises the tenant that he will not exercise his right to terminate a lease and relying upon that promise the tenant spends money improving the premises, the doctrine of promissory estoppel may prevent the landlord from exercising a right to terminate, even though his promise might not otherwise have been legally binding as a contract. The landlord is precluded from asserting a specific right. If a person brings legal proceedings in one country claiming that a second person negligently injured them and the courts of that country determine that there was no negligence, then under the doctrine of issue estoppel the first person will not normally be able to argue before the courts of another country that the second person was negligent, whether in respect of the same claim or a related claim. The first person is precluded from asserting a specific claim. Estoppel is an equitable doctrine. Accordingly, any person wishing to assert an estoppel must normally come to the court with clean hands. The doctrine of estoppel, which may prevent a party from asserting a right, is often confused with the doctrine of waiver, which relates to relinquishing a right once it has arisen. It also substantially overlaps with, but is distinct from, the equitable doctrine of laches. Etymology and usage. The verb is estop, which comes from Middle English estoppen, itself borrowed from Old French estopper, presumably from vulgar Latin stupere. To stop up with toe, cock, from Latin stupa, broken flax, from ancient Greek stup, broken flax. The noun form estoppel is based on the old French estupale, stopper, bung, a derivative of a stupor. Where a court finds that a party has done something warranting a form of estoppel, that party is said to be estopped from making certain related arguments or claiming certain related rights. The defendant is estopped from presenting the related defense, or the plaintiff is a stop from making the related argument against the defendant. Lord Coke stated, It is called an estoppel or conclusion, because a man's own act or acceptance stoppeth or closeth up his mouth to allege or plead the truth. Overview Estoppel is sometimes said to be a rule of evidence whereby a person is barred from leading evidence of a fact that has already been settled or they are otherwise precluded from asserting, but that may be an oversimplification. Firstly, although some estoppels relate to preventing a party from asserting facts, others relate to preventing a party from asserting a right or a claim. Secondly, under the conflict of laws in common law jurisdictions, matters of evidence are usually treated as procedural matters for the law of the local court, the lex fori, whereas it is generally accepted that an estoppel may affect substantive rights and are therefore matters to be determined by the proper law or lex cause that governs the particular issue. There are many different types of estoppel that can arise under common law legal systems. It has been judicially noted on more than one occasion that the link between them is often somewhat tenuous. Tridolon Contracts notes that unconscionability provides the link between them, but they nevertheless have separate requirements and different terrains of application.
The courts have long abandoned an attempt to create a single general underlying rationale or principle. The attempt, to demonstrate that all estoppels, are now subsumed in the single and all-embracing estoppel by representation and that they are all governed by the same principle never won general acceptance. Lord Millet The plea of estoppel is often closely connected with the plea of waiver, the object of both being to ensure bona fides in day-to-day transactions. It is also related to the doctrines of variation and election. It is applied in many areas of contract law including insurance, banking, and employment. In English law, the concept of legitimate expectation in the realm of administrative law and judicial review is estoppel's counterpart in public law. Promissory estoppel is often applied where there is a promise or an agreement made without consideration. When used as a defense by a defendant it is sometimes called a shield and when used affirmatively by a plaintiff it is sometimes called a sword. It is most commonly used as a shield, with some commentators stating that it can only be used as a shield, although this varies with jurisdictions. Examples Estoppel can be understood by considering examples such as the following. 1. A city entered into a contract with another party. The contract stated that it had been reviewed by the city's council and that the contract was proper. Estoppel applied to estop the city from claiming the contract was invalid. 2. A creditor unofficially informs a debtor that the creditor forgives the debt between them. Even if such forgiveness is not formally documented, the creditor may be estopped from changing its mind and seeking to collect the debt, because that change would be unfair. 3. A landlord informs a tenant that rent has been reduced, for example, because there was construction or a lapse in utility services. If the tenant relies on this statement in choosing to remain in the premises, the landlord could be estopped from collecting the full rent. Types Some types of estoppel under English, Australian, and American laws are as follows. In civil cases, reliance-based estoppels, these involve one party relying on something the other party has done or said. The party who performs slash spoke is the one who is estopped. This category is discussed below. Estoppel by record, this frequently arises as issue-slash-cause-of-action estoppel or judicial estoppel where the orders or judgments made in previous legal proceedings prevent the parties from relitigating the same issues or causes of action. Estoppel by deed, situations where rules of evidence prevent a litigant from denying the truth of what was said or done. Estoppel by silence or acquiescence, Estoppel that prevents a person from asserting something when he had the right and opportunity to do so earlier, and such silence put another person at a disadvantage. Laches, estoppel after a litigant deliberately and avoidably delays an action so as to disadvantage an adversary. In American criminal cases. Entrapment by estoppel, in American criminal law, although ignorance of the law is no excuse is a principle which generally holds for traditional, older common law crimes, Courts sometimes allow this excuse as a defense, when defendant can show they reasonably relied on an interpretation of the law by the public officials charged with enforcement or interpretation of that law, such as a regulatory official, even if that official's interpretation is later determined to be wrong. The defense is based on fairness principles in the Fifth Amendment. It generally involves determination of fact, not of law, except as to determination of whether the interpreting government official had the legal status asserted by the defense. Reliance-based estoppels. Reliance-based estoppels, at English law, include by representation of fact, where one person asserts the truth of a set of facts to another. Promissory estoppel, where one person makes a promise to another, but there is no enforceable contract, and proprietary estoppel, 
where the parties are litigating the title to land. Both Halsbury's and Spencer Bauer, see below, describe these three estoppels collectively as estoppels by representation. More simply, one party must say or do something and see the other party rely on what is said or done to change behavior. All reliance-based estoppels require the victimized party to show both inducement and detrimental reliance, for example. There must be evidence to show that the representer actually intended the victim to act on the representation or promise, or the victim must satisfy the court that it was reasonable for him or her to act on the relevant representation or promise, and what the victim did must either have been reasonable, or the victim did what the representer intended, and the victim would suffer a loss or detriment if the representer was allowed to deny what was said or done. Detriment is measured at the time when the representer proposes to deny the representation or withdraw the promise, not at the time when either was made, and in all the circumstances, the behavior of the representer is such that it would be unconscionable to allow him or her to resile. Simply put, promissory estoppel has four necessary elements which the plaintiff must prove. There was a promise that was reasonably relied upon, resulting in legal detriment to the promisee, and Justice requires enforcement of the promise. Estoppel by representation of fact and promissory estoppel are mutually exclusive, the former is based on a representation of existing fact, or of mixed fact and law, while the latter is based on a promise not to enforce some pre-existing right, for example it expresses an intention as to the future. A promissory estoppel operates only between parties who, at the time of the representation, were in an existing relationship, while this is not a requirement for estoppel by representation of fact. The test for unconscionability in the English and Australian courts takes many factors into account, including the behavior, state of mind and circumstances of the parties. Generally, the following eight factors are determinative. How the promise-slash-representation and reliance upon it were induced. The content of the promise-slash-representation. The relative knowledge of the parties. The party's relative interest in the relevant activities in reliance. The nature and context of the party's relationship. The party's relative strength of position. The history of the party's relationship, and the steps, if any, taken by the promiser slash representer to ensure he has not caused preventable harm. But in Cobb v. Yeoman's Row, Lord Scott of Foskett stated the following. The ingredients for a proprietary estoppel should include, in principle, a proprietary claim made by a claimant and an answer to that claim based on some fact or point of mixed fact and law, which the person against whom the claim was made could be estopped from asserting. To treat a proprietary estoppel equity as requiring simply unconscionable behavior was a recipe for confusion. The remedy to which, on the facts as found by the judge, the claimant was entitled could be described neither as based on an estoppel nor as proprietary in character. His lordship's present view was that proprietary estoppel could not be prayed in aid to render enforceable an agreement declared by statute to be void. A claim for the imposition of a constructive trust to provide a remedy for a disappointed expectation engendered by a representation made in the course of incomplete contractual negotiations was misconceived and could not be sustained by reliance on unconscionable behavior. The claimant was, however, entitled to a quantum Merowit payment for his services in obtaining the planning permission. The Law School of America. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation, incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio.
The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America